Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And here we are at Season 7, Episode 2, Stormborn. Um, as, I, I mean, I feel like every week I should just... I think... <laughs> I should I should point out when we don't have a dull opening now, rather than just draw attention to the fact that we do. Because well, I mean, I've I've got to be honest. The, the the opening itself, it should have been really good. It should have been really atmospheric. Probably it is atmospheric. I couldn't fucking see anything. No, I, it's it's really atmospheric. That's exactly what I've written here. This opening is very atmospheric, but again, boring. Just it, it is fucking and, boring. I mean, the thing is, of, of this goodness, there's quite a lot goes on in this episode, and. It's it's atmospheric as all hell, but again, you you can you could cut to here from something else and pick up the pace a little bit, you know, yeah. with with the with the storm and all right. We don't need to start mid. No, we don't need to start with the war council because we saw that last week. That's where we ended. Yeah, I, um, I just opening on the storm as well and setting the scene and stuff like that. I, as we've said before, it's just very stagey. Yeah, like this. It, it, there's no need for it here. We yeah. need to come in on the drama. And yeah. it, it doesn't help that the scene itself that this is introducing us to is just fucking horrible. It's, yeah. it's horrible. Like, it's it's the very antithesis of show, don't tell. Like, they literally just tell us everything and show yeah. us nothing. It's all talking. The dialogue isn't even particularly good, which doesn't help either. No. Um, so it's just a terrible, terrible scene. You know, at one point I couldn't help but fucking. I, I just I did a spit take because there was one point where Varys literally says, "I choose you to Danny," and I just had this image of him throwing out a fucking pokeball and Varys <laughs> just popping out of it. Yeah, no, I, I had a different um, response to that. I, it was the um, the Valentine's card from Lisa Simpson to Ralph Wiggum. I, I choose, choose, choose you. you. That was my first thought. I didn't even think of that. That's even better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, awful, yeah. awful scene. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was really annoyed because as I, I we, we we recorded last night. We finished relatively early, so I cut the video and I thought, right, I'll go downstairs. Everyone's in bed. I'll turn the lights off. I'll, I'll stick my headphones on, and it'll be all. You no, know, it'll be nice and dark, nice and loud, and I'll get stuck in this episode. And it was loud, but yeah. I couldn't see a damn thing on the screen. Um, I didn't have that problem. Uh, I could see everything quite clearly. I am watching it on a very high-end, very well-calibrated TV. Not to be all la-dee-da about it, but, but I probably am. I, I probably am that person that they're talking about when they say you should calibrate your TV. Um, look, I disagree with that sentiment entirely. You shouldn't. It's their job to make sure they've yeah. done that for you. And it should a be well calibrated. Yeah, a well-calibrated TV should just heighten that. Um, having said all of that, I am streaming on Now TV, which looks like like dog shit at the yeah. best of times. I, I was so, on DVD, so it's uh, it's not even that good quality. Yeah, I mean, it, Now TV literally is dog shit as a streaming service. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I didn't have that problem. Um, just yeah, bad opening and and bad scene. And then you know, even when it's about to pick up, like you know, we have this sort of unannounced arrival. Why the fuck is Melisandre even here? What what like? Uh, where does she where does she come from? Like we know John sent her off and stuff like that. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Why, why is it why the here? place for her to go? Yeah, why here? It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> Not only that, I was confused as well because I'm fairly sure Grey Worm was in the back of shot and then he walked in and said that there was a visitor. Quite possibly. I didn't notice that, but yeah, I'm quite possibly. possibly. I'm sure he was he and Miss Sandy were at the back of that scene where she you know her her and Varys are having a go at it and now Tyrion's trying to keep the peace in you know, his own inimitable style. And I'm sure he was in the back of the shot, and then all of a sudden he walks in and says, There's somebody to see or wherever the line was. Like, hang on, what? Where do you come yeah. from? Yeah, did just everything about the scene is awful. Um the worst uh thing about the scene by far, and probably the worst thing about the episode, and one of the worst things about the show is the absolute meal they make of trying to just fucking sow this seed of doubt with Melisandre and her fucking prophecy because they clearly don't know where they're going, where all of a sudden it's the prince or the princess. Yeah, it's like, promised. oh, shit, we haven't done the legwork here. Well, where, where did that come from seven seasons in? Um, well, yeah. Like, this is not... They are literally making this up as they go along. Yeah, th this is retconning. This is going, oh, right, okay, well, we don't want to do that because... Everyone's going to th everyone's going to think it's John. Everyone's going to know it's John because it's so obviously fucking John because it's John's show. So we want to we want to flip around his head because we're all edgy and controversial and shit. So if we do this now, we'll go. Oh well, yeah, actually, the prince that was promised, which I said was no, which I, I said was Stannis. Then I said was John. 
oh no, it could it could be somebody else. It could be a girl. Oh, hang on. Fuck's a make it up. No, you need to know your show before you start making it. Even yeah. if you have mapped out every little detail when, when you start in season one for what's going to happen in season eight, you need a blueprint. You need to know your key moments. You need to know your key players because you need to get them to that point. And so just go, oh, yeah, well, no, we're going to reposition this and reframe this now seven seasons in because actually we don't really like what we were going to do before. We've changed our minds. That That's exactly what it feels like. Um, it doesn't work at all. It it just pisses all over any validity that storyline might have had. Uh, but it also, um, and this is even more egregious for me, um, because I, I talked uh, last season about how much I liked it. Uh, it absolutely just shits on all the good work they did with Melisandre as a character, yeah. where she's starting to doubt herself and, and starting to actually feel some remorse for what she's done and it's like all of a sudden now she's just like she's bounced straight off it and just gone okay well it wasn't Stannis and it wasn't John so who shall I make up next yeah. and that's what it feels like rather than her you know last we saw her she was really feeling the weight of getting this stuff wrong yes um so this just it's horrible it's absolutely awful uh this stuff um it it's beyond amateurish it's it is and I mean again the other bit I disliked was in the, the exchange between um Danny and Varys it's like they've basically told you how that story ends. Yeah, completely. No, they, uh, they're, they're not alluding to it. They're not hinting. They've actually told you what is going to happen in like eight episodes' time. Yeah, and in rather a clumsy manner as well. Uh, it's just yeah. terrible. The, the opening of this episode is absolutely, unforgivably bad. It, it's shocking. Absolutely it, shocking. It is. As a, it's beyond amateurish. Th- it is. The annoying thing is, is that actually in... In the writing, it's like they've all—it's almost like they've tried and not pulled off to add, no, to add a bit of weight to it. No, to, no look at some of the the, uh, the themes they don't have in the show about you know, things about family, about loyalty, about respect, about you know this sort of the the um, the nobility of kings, etc. All this sort of stuff and how you know, how they're they're pandered to. Also, there's some really nice stuff they could expand on. There's some really nice stuff they could have pandered on. Uh, they could expand on about about Viserys, about the Mad King about Robert, all this sort of stuff. But they just kind of went, oh, yeah, talk, 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 talk. We won't say anything. And it's just a means to get to the next scene. And yeah. there's so much stuff they could have explored there. Um, again, had this been a, a mid-episode scene, which it should have been, it would have worked. But because, A, because it's the opener, which is really fucking dull, and because they want to, they want to get into the episode, they just, they set stuff up and then just leave it hanging there and we'll never come back to it. No, it, it, yeah, it, it's awful. It, it's just some of the worst writing I think we've seen in the show. It's... I, I cannot believe anyone let them get away with the prince or princess that was promised this late in the day. Um, at, at this and, point, I mean, they, um, at this point, they, they were they were on their way out. It was you know, we're winding down to the end. HBO didn't give a fuck because they were going to make bank. Um, yeah, they, yeah, because they were on their way out, and um, they they still had me found out somehow. So yeah, just kind of go with it. I, and that and that shows. That's exactly what this is. It's just carelessness. It's like ah, oh, fucking whatever. It'll do. Yeah. That that's what that feels like. Um. And it's, you know, you're dead right when you say it feels like all of a sudden they want to start exploring these themes and they fall flat. And the reason they fall flat is because they've had seven seasons to sow the seeds of these and really concrete these themes in the show. And they haven't. Yeah. So to suddenly bring them up now, you're just like, what, what the fuck? Where's yeah. this come from? So so we haven't got the legwork here. So that's all awful. Um, just one more note before we leave this scene, you know, it, it, the the melodrama of the last line from Danny when, you know, and, and even in the delivery as well, it is awful. She may as well just cock her eyebrow at the camera when she yeah. says, you know, tell him his queen invites him to come to Dragonstone. Dramatic pause. And bend the knee. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. Like, just fuck right off. Yeah. Um, like, for, for a start, she is getting way ahead of herself here. Well, she is. Like, I mean, not only that. I mean, if you t- if you look at the, the exchange with Melisandre, where, she, where the, she's sort of saying, where the, the translation of where they're talking about, you know, the prince was promised, and you know, when we get bullshit about the translation, automatically, and th- this goes to show how much of a fucking narcissist she is. Oh, and you think it could be me? Yeah. Who said that? Hang on, where did that come from? Yeah. No, at no point has anybody mentioned the Lord of Light, no, you being in the flames and the Lord of Light and all the rest of it. You've taken that upon yourself. Because you're an arrogant fucking bitch, and everything is supposed to revolve around you. Yeah, um, it, maybe she was talking about Miss Ander. Uh As it as it happens, we know she was talking about neither of them. Um, and and again, it's just such a fucking reach, and it almost feels like they've thrown this line in here because when we get to the penultimate episode. Something happens which made me and probably everyone else. Well, you know, it divided the audience, to be fair, I think. But it certainly yeah. made me go, that is it. 
I am absolutely categorically 100% washing my hands with this show to the point where I didn't even care about the last episode. I just watched it because I'd seen so much yeah. by that point. I absolutely. was going to finish. But yeah. they absolutely, this is, you know, this is them sowing the seeds for what will ultimately be the nail in the show's coffin for me. Um, and and it's, it'll be a shame because when we get there and we rewatch it, I'll get annoyed all over again. And all of the good work <laughs> that they've done in some, you know, some of the episodes that we've watched that I've really liked will yeah. be undone all over again. Um, but there you go. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, for now, we, we leave that far too long, boring and hideously written chunk of stuff over at Dragonstone. Uh, and we get we spend a little bit of time with Cersei, who who spins the other side of Danny's actions. Yes. Uh, and they are it's quite nicely done, but they are literally spelling it out to us here. Once again, anyone that's surprised by the ending of this show, like Cersei is literally painting the other side of the picture here yeah. for you. Like, and, and, you know, it's not subtleness. That, that's you know? what they're The fact it's come from Cersei is yeah. that nobody's going to trust it. Nobody's going to believe it because she she's no, she has been the villain from day one. So no, if if she's saying that she's going to come here with her dragons and they're going to you know and they will burn the city to the ground. They, you know the the Unsullied will murder will will take your villages. The Dothraki will rape your women and, and pillage. It's like yeah, okay, well that's kind of what we've been saying all along. But because it's coming from Cersei, nobody will buy it. Nobody's going to believe it. And as as viewers and fans, everyone's going, ah, but yeah, she, no, we, you can never trust her because she's a villain. And similar, similarly to Jamie, she, you know, she generally speaks the truth. It may be uncomfortable sometimes, and she may, yeah. she may have a spin and an angle on it, but generally, what she says is right. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. You know, we, we've talked about this um, in the early seasons of the show as well, where some of the things it, it did really well was actually just give us shades of grey and not give us direct black and white. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what this is as well, you know? Like, yes, Cersei's a, a wicked person. We know that. But actually, so is Danny. And yeah. in her own mind here, Cersei is exactly right in what she's saying. And actually, I, I would argue in the mind of any sort of compassionate right-thinking person Cersei's absolutely right in what she's saying mm. like they need to stop this now before thousands die yeah and like, know, even without the benefit of, of, of hindsight knowing what happens at the end of the last season you look at this and go yeah okay yeah she might be horrible and all the rest of it but she's right if, if they come here with a horde of a horde of savages and some form of military machine which the Unsullied are supposed to be and three fucking dragons, which is what her great grandfather was needed to take the throne in the first place. She is going to wipe them out, and it's not going to be pretty for anybody. And and, yeah. and again, like Tyrion doubled that, doubles down on that later on, where he says, "If we, you know, if if we go if we go in with with dragons, thousands of people will die." And that's yeah. not something anybody seems to be, you know, on anybody on that side is seem to be worried about, except Tyrion. Except Tyrion. Um... Everybody else is look. Everybody else is out for revenge. I mean, it's interesting that I've said it several times. I feel throughout the show, and more, mostly about Jamie rather than anybody else. But actually, all three Lannisters here are showing that they're not necessarily bad people. They and, and that's you know that's what makes them so interesting, and that's why when they get the writing right in this show, it is really good when it fires in all cylinders. You know, it, it's a shame that Cersei just follows this descent into almost madness now and becomes yeah. this sort of like fucking panto villain because you know there are moments like this we're actually going well she's right i'm kind of on cersei's side here you know yeah. so it, it gets, and, and they do that with jamie all the time you know and, and in fact they do it very well here you know once again um as i said last week he shows himself to be a much better ruler than cersei um you know with the way he brings the tarlies back into the fold you know he knows exactly which buttons to push you know, he, he he doesn't need to to have any big show of power or exert any force. He just promises them what they want to hear and then ultimately knows that the one way to get through to him is to just twist his arm a little bit. You know, do you fight with yeah. us or or do you fight with eunuchs? You know, and it, it, of course he doesn't fight with eunuchs because we, yeah. we already know enough of his character from what we've seen to know that he's a horrible arsehole. Um, yeah. You know, he's savages and eunuchs, I think the line is. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, we we briefly meet Sam's older brother here. I think he's older anyway, isn't he? Is he old, the older brother? Yeah, yeah. We briefly meet oh, Sam. Oh, is he? No, he's the younger brother, isn't he? He's the um, younger brother, made, is he? I wasn't they, sure they if he was Sam the younger. Sam that's right. Correct. Yeah, 
So we meet him as well. Who um, I forget the actor's name, um, but you see him pop up in in, in a lot of things. Name, it's um, Tom Hopper. He's uh, he, he's not the same one as last season. Right. Yeah. No, he's he's not the same one as last season. No, he pops up in a lot of things. Obviously, most recently he's been in Umbrella Academy for Netflix. He's in Black yeah. Sales and things as well. Yes. Um, and obviously, you know, he, he's under a lot of uh, a lot of makeup in Umbrella Academy. But I just always yeah. think whenever I see this guy, like he is just comically large. It is unfucking believable how broad this guy is. He looks like yes. one of the Goombas from from the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Like this tiny little head on top of this massive, massive body. Is yeah. fucking and, and and like obviously they sort of illustrate that even more in Umbrella Academy. Uh, yeah. But it, but that shape is there to begin with. He is just comically massive. It's unbelievable. Um, well, I like I him though. So, until last night, actually, it was the same guy. It was only when I watched it back last night. I was like, hang on, isn't that? And then yeah, it. it uh... Took me a while to work out who it was. Yeah, it, it was only um, he's got one of those faces as I say. Well, I can't remember his name. He just pops up in things. And I think it was only because yeah, it's because I'd been watching Black Sails around about this time as well. So I sort of it tracked through. So by the time he popped up in Umbrella Academy, I was like, oh yeah, it's Sam's brother. Um, so yeah, we get introduced to him. Uh, we'll spend just a few short weeks with him, really. But you know, he's fine at what he does. He's he's very good at just showing up and looking fucking massive and dull, uh, yeah. which is what he's required to do here. So that's fine. Um, oh, yeah, that's that's it. And and again, though, you got the um, the joke with his name, which Bron will repeat in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. And and yeah, it's just you no, know, it's 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 a, it's a, just a nice little reminder of who he is. Yeah, um, we get a, a couple of short brief scenes next which are well executed um which which is nice because so far everything's taking its fucking time here um we get this this brief scene with jorah um which you know it is brief but it gives us everything we need it gives us all the info we need here you know he's 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 incurable you know the nod towards the sword you know i would i would normally have killed people by now or whatever it is or no i'd I'd normally have banished people now to live with stone men but you know as a knight i'll give you another 24 hours yeah, yeah um, that was, so that's and that was nice, but again, but again, it was for this show, it was relatively subtle. Yeah, it was, uh, but it worked. It gives, it, it worked. It gives us everything we need. And again, show don't tell. You know, as a, as a knight, I'll give you another twenty four hours, and just the the close up of the sword. That's all you need. That, that yeah. works much better than saying you could kill yourself if you want. You know, yeah. but like works much better. Um, yeah, there, there's a high tower over in the corner. You might want to visit there before you leave. Yeah, so so that's a nice scene, and then we get the baluster scene. Um, which is just really, really well executed, and again, just really brief. Um, it's it's as subtle as a fucking house brick, but for you know, it does exactly what it needs to do. It's well executed. We here we go. We've built this big fucking dragon slayer baluster. Yeah. Like we need to show you what it does, so yeah. that you can feel the threat in a couple well, of weeks' not, time. Not only that, I mean, if they need it, the whole thing with Kyburn is that he's, there's been lots of double talking on when he was doing the stuff with the mountain before we saw him. You know. And then, no, so there was that. And then we had to talk when he was first introduced about some of the experiments he used to do at the Citadel and shit like that. Then we had the the stuff that's under the city that nobody's going to talk about, which turned out to be the wildfire. So all the way along, they've talked about these things. And then we've had these big shock moments where we go, oh, fuck, that's what he was talking about. Mm. And it haven't really paid off because, again, as a character, he's kind of something and nothing. So this time, actually, giving us something, saying that there's all of a sudden, the, the dragons have been built up to, this, to be this unstoppable thing. Now we have an equalizer, and it's yeah. nice actually. So rather than the first time that we see them in battle, and all of a sudden they've got—I think they end up calling them scorpions, don't they? But the yeah. first time we see these giant fucking crossbows isn't in battle, and they go, "Hang on, where the fuck did they come from?" They've already—they've yeah. actually seeded them, which is you no know, for for this show is practically unheard of. It is, and they do it nicely as well. You know, with I say subtle as a house brick, but with having the the dragon skull down there and seeing this thing go straight through the eye socket. Yeah, like and, and it's again, good. it's quite nice. They had the the different size of skulls as well because we've had delusions all the way through of you no. Know, by the time Mad King was uh, was was killed and his, and his the last of the dragons died, they were the size of cats, and you had like no, little fucking skeletons there. So that was nice as well. And they've they've gone through their own continuity. It's not just these massive hall of skulls. Yeah, so that that was all all good. Those two scenes, really, really good. Um, we're back over to Dragonstone. We get we get a nice scene uh, here with Tyrion and Ilaria. Actually, nice bit of friction between the yeah. two of them, um, just just tying up some loose ends, really, between those yeah. characters, which is again is fucking rare for this show. Um, it's it's nice to see them actually reference somebody's death. Yeah. Uh, specifically Oberyn's, because, you know, that's a particular bee in my bonnet. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nice to see, you know, the effect of that felt. But, however, Jesus Christ, this is a dull episode so far, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like... 
Well, there's yeah, been some flashes. No, the, the stuff with Jorah was good. The stuff, let's say, the stuff with the um, you know, with, with the weapon to use against the dragons was good. Um, apart from that, yeah, kind of fucking tall. It's a lot of fucking talking and a lot of posturing. Um, we get get this scene then with Grey Worm and uh, Missandei. And it's it's really nice. It is about all I can say with it. You know, it's handled with sensitivity and it's played yeah. well by both of them. Um, but I mean, do we need it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's, a, it, it's it's one of it's one of those scenes, and we've talked about this before. Where it's kind of like it's in two halves, and part part of it looks like they you know, they wanted to write they wanted to write an, a really nice scene. I think it was Brian, Brian Cogner wrote this episode, wasn't that? Is that they, they want to have this nice tender scene? Give them the, give them a moment, give them something they've been building to for a while, and then somebody's gone. But we haven't any boobs for a while. Yeah, this is how about, about how about we throw some boobs in for the sake of it? And that's what the second half of the scene feels like. It's like, okay, you've done the work, and you could have quite easily cut away before you had the, you know, before you had the sex scene. And this makes me sound incredibly fucking prudish, and I'm not, you know that, but it's just not necessary. And, um, um, when, you, and when they're talking, I, I mean, you, you can again, you can you can do a lot more with building up to it and cutting away. You don't need to see it necessarily. Um, and the whole thing, the whole thing of this season was right. You know, we we need to do longer episodes to tell a story because we're not doing not doing a full run and all the rest of it. There's so many bits like this. They probably added an extra episode of of runtime through doing just filler in scenes or extra bits of scenes they don't actually need. I, I think that's where I'm coming from with it. I think I think you do need the nudity actually. I'll I'll oh, go yeah, to bat for this have, one. I think the, the, the nudity is fine, but cut it, when, when they're standing together and you get that no that that uh, that fairly wide shot of his ass and where where she's standing in front of him. Cut away there. You've done no, all I, you need to do at that point. I don't I, think you need. You don't need to see him going down on it. No, I think you do. I'm I'm on board with that. I think that's that, that's sort of what I'm getting at when I say they they handle it with with sensitivity and as well played like they are both in an incredibly vulnerable position here. This is this is uncharted territory for both of them. Um, they're also you know about to go to war. They've been through a lot together. I'm I'm fine with the way the scene is handled. I actually think it's a very well put together scene. What I don't feel is that this is not the right place for it is what i'm getting at this is if we want gray worm going into battle having something to fight for then this needs to happen closer to that time because this goes nowhere this week other than develops their relationship and to have something this big um because this is a big scene for the both of them you know this is this is john and egret in the cave essentially it's that big you know it's their relationship's never going to be the same after it so it feels like they need to turn that corner for a reason for the narrative. And that just doesn't happen. They're just giving us this scene in the middle of the episode because they probably didn't know where else to put it. If we're honest. Probably. That's, I mean, that's what yeah. it feels like to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get all that. So I, I, so I think the, I just, I just think they, they added probably 30 seconds that they didn't actually need. They could have, they could have took the, 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 the impact and the weight of it's the same before, before they moved to the bed. They don't need that bit. Um, the impact and the weight is the same, yeah. I guess. Um, I, I think it's, yeah. I, I think you gain something from it, though. I, I think it has emotional heft through the sensitivity. Of it. But as I say, the, the real thing for me is that I don't actually think we need any of it this week. Um, it just doesn't belong. Um, but you know, nevertheless, here it is. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just out of place, which was the same with a lot of things that we had last week as well. Yeah. Um, back over to Sam, and I mean, again, just, just absolutely heinous writing here like we we absolutely must see sam make this discovery yeah you know, we can't you can't just show up and go i know what to do yeah right? I, read, I read this in a book because no, sam read a book we know that we need same as we like we had it last week with the dragon glass yeah on dragon so they you saw him find it you saw hang on fuck what's this and we need that we yeah, absolutely you need, this, you need, need this probably more than you needed it last week actually yeah um no because oh no because yeah, no, that has weight for the whole for for the overall story. This has weight for a, for a particular character who yeah. you know, we we're, we're invested in, and this isn't starting a new bit. But the whole thing of you no, know, we need to go to Dragon Dragonstone and we need to mine the Dragonlass. We need to make weapons. That's all a new thing. Whereas yeah. Jorah has been with us since in the very beginning. Yeah, and so we're so invested. In this. You see, you're, you're right. We we need him to have that fucking eureka moment on screen. Not go. Oh, I read a book about this, and yeah. Yeah, there was an archmaester who knew about this. Jim Broadbent's delivery of the line about you no, know, he died of no. Do you, do you know what he died of? Great, so a nice little gag. But again, it completely pisses on the scene, and it pisses on Sam's moment. Sam's moment should be on his own, fucking pouring. When he's been told to leave the books alone, he's there burning the fucking candle above, yes. and pouring over it, and he discovers it in the middle of the night. And he goes, "Fuck, I can do this. I know how to do this," and then goes straight into him with Jorah. 
yeah, I, I'm fine with the friction of, you know, Jim Robin saying, no, you can't do it. I'm fine with that, you know, and it, and it, yeah. makes, it raises the, the stakes a bit for Sam. You know, he's doing something he's not supposed to do. He's being a hero, and this is a good scene for Sam in doing that. But, yeah, we absolutely needed, to, we needed to be shown this, not told it. We could yeah. see him make the discovery first, then get told he can't do it, and then decide to do it anyway, and that yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. But we need to follow that through. However, having said all of that, his delivery when he enters the room is absolutely fantastic. He, Sam's had some great fucking moments in this show. Yeah. But I think this might be one of my absolute favorites where he just opens the door and completely matter-of-factly, because he knows he's got shit to do, just says, hello, and then just pushes his stuff into the room. Like, yeah. it's, it's at the same time hilarious, and you can tell that he's full of nerves, and he's gonna, it's just a wonderful, wonderful performance and an excellent delivery. We just walks in and he's typically Sam. He's typically upbeat and cheery, but his voice is starting to waver as well. Yeah. And he's just, hello, you're not dying today. Uh, he's excellent. He is absolutely excellent in this scene. I, I, I love it when they give Sam these moments. You know, so much yeah. of our time with Sam, as we've said before, is filler. They use him a lot for filler and they use him a lot as a punching bag. Yes. But when they give him these moments, he's he just knocks him out of the park every time. And it's always great to just see him like properly hero up and make a difference. Yeah. And, and this um, is it. I mean, we've, when we said this before, I mean, particularly with um, Hannah Murray as well, but John Bradley does a, he, he, as much as a lot of the cast do a really good job, he is this character. He knows him inside out. Yeah, definitely. And I, so I you, you get these scenes. And as he, you know, you don't doubt that he's nervous. You don't doubt that he's afraid. You don't doubt that, no, he, he's doing it because it's right, but actually this is going to get, get me in a lot of fucking trouble and it might not even work anyway. I might kill you in the process, but I, I have to try because I have to know and I think it's the right thing to do for you. And he pulls that off so incredibly that, you know, that balancing act of, yeah, okay, it's, it's the right thing to do and I can do it, but you might die. Yeah. And it's just yeah. That, that, that little hint of fear in his voice, which just betrays them when he comes in, uh, yeah, no, I, I've, de- I've I've read about this. I can do this. I can do that. And there's just that fucking tiny glimmer of fear where you go, you don't fucking know what he's doing. Yeah, and and to be fair, like they they play that excellently between them in the scene as well. You know, the, yes. the repeated looks between them, the amount of times Jorah looks at him like this is fucking hurting. Yeah, but he you understands that. Yes, yeah. you know that that's it. That, that, trying to help him. Yeah, you know, so it's, to the point where the, the, there's a look at one point, and the whole thing is fucking disgusting. Anyway, I remember that from the first yeah. time. Um, but there's a look between them at one point where Sam is sort of you know, violently shushing him. He's like, shh. And Jorah looks like he wants to rip his bastard throat out. There really is, yeah. There's a look it's that says, like, if you, weren't, if you weren't helping me, I would yeah. fucking kill you right now. Yeah. Um, it's a long yeah. line. So if this doesn't work, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, really, really well done. Uh, and there is an absolutely phenomenal match and action cut into the yes, next scene. Of that. Probably the best one in the entire show. Really stylish. Just yeah. straight into Aya breaking the crust of the pie. Really, really good match on action. Yeah, it's not her. It's one of the one of the soldiers. It's one of the, it's one of the soldiers. That, yeah, it, I, I remember it was a pie break in anyway. Yes. So I've got a note. Uh, yeah, and it was, because we've had all the pus coming out of the grayscale as well. Yeah. It just, and it just, it, yeah, it's a phenomenal match. And it did, make, it did make me heave a little bit. I've got to be honest. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely because for a minute i was like what the fuck and then they cut out to the wide and you see it's a pie in it yeah excellent and that you know they they've tried that technique several times in the show and fucked it up every single time yeah. this time they absolutely nail it oh, they completely nail it. it like it's taken them seven years <laughs> but they've done it film school works the here's your, here's your proof <laughs> they've had seven years trying this stuff um and of course, we see a pie, so it's hot pie. Of course, yeah, it is. Of course, it is, and it's fucking great to see him. <laughs> it now, really yeah. is. Great. It, 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 it feels, is. All, it feels like an old friend is showing up. Yeah, although you've got to wonder how now how he's still got a job because it looks like he ate all the fucking pies. Uh, like, yeah, he's, the, he's he's packed on some, he packed on some weight. Yeah, he was he was never small, but <laughs> he was never small, but he was never he was never rotund. No. it's it's like he's Shrek with the um, the manic kid from Outnumbers head stuck on him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's you know it's good to see him. I, I was happy. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was. It was nice. nice. The whole the whole thing where we we tie back to Brienne and the fact that she was looking for him for uh, for Arya. The fact no calling back the fact no he's still calling Arya, calling Arya Harry. Um, yeah. All the, it's a really nice scene. And then the whole you know the whole revelation that the Boltons are dead and she, you know she can go home and all the rest of it. It's, it's just a really nice way of doing it. And it's it's it's, it's quite a turning point for the episode. For me, it, it is, and it's it's quite exposition heavy and it's quite clunky. But actually, because of the way it's delivered and and who it's delivered by, you kind of 
because his character has always been that awkward. You kind of well, buy it. Yeah. There's, there's two there's two key components to it um, that I think allow it to work. Like, yes, one definitely is that his character is a blabbermouth and has always been he's just, you know, a motor mouth and he gets nervous and starts talking. And he, he's recounting this information uh, very quickly that Arya needs, that we have, yeah. but that Arya needs. So it's just your classic drama info dump. Because the yeah. audience is ahead of Arya, so we need to bring her up to speed and set her off. So that yeah. that is a you know that's the kind of thing they normally give to Tyrion, and he manages yeah. to do really well. Uh, but yeah. it is your classic info dump. Like it could happen off screen just the same, and you could come in with one shot of Arya. So it, you know, it, it sometimes it feels clumsier, but it could just be Arya coming back and saying, "So you mean to tell me that my brother is still alive?" Yeah. Yes, Ari, and off she goes. But they don't do that. Yeah. Um, Hot Pie manages to carry it off, but the real the real reason it works. It's Maisie Williams because yeah. she is absolutely excellent in this scene. Yeah. Like, like I, 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 it's such a fucking subtle performance that she's giving. She's so, like, just distracted and focused all at the same time. Like, there are minor little nuances. Like, she's clearly running something through in her mind to the yeah. point where initially she's talking to him and it's just like, yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I'm hungry. Let me eat my fucking pie because yeah. I need Have to get on my way. Because I'm on my way to King's Landing and I've got to kill Cersei. And she's clearly planning everything through. Yeah. And then she's half taking in what he's saying. And it, yeah, it's just such a good performance. Like the way she flick flacks from being like, like she's clearly like 100% laser focused on her task to the point where it's distracting her from what he's saying. And she's just picking up the little snippet. She's just yeah. wonderful. It's such a nuanced performance. Um, and it, it almost kind of it transcends into something almost kind of dogma in style where it just yeah to me anyway it just feels like there's an actual living breathing person there on the other side of the screen yeah um it's it's so well observed and it's such a you know it's not a big dramatic scene that she's doing or anything like no. that it's just the, the minutiae of that which we see every day i'm sure all of us have done that where yeah. somebody's been talking to us and we're somewhere else and it normally does involve food as well because then you're doing three things at once i know i yeah. certainly do it sometimes and i'll just drift away um I, I just seeing that happen on screen and seeing it yeah. captured in such a it, it feels raw it feels really unique and raw and i, I love that kind of shit you know I, I talked about it um at length a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the psycho podcast on better than Mario Bros. and stuff. I, I, I still get really fucking arty farty about shit like this. And I'm aware it makes me sound like a cock, but I, I just love, <laughs> I love those just real moments that you can get out. And what's, yeah. you know, what's possible when you've got, you know, decent writing and a good performer, this is possible. You know, you can transcend and the material definitely does here. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a scene that yes, we need for a change. Doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be this long, but it is a scene that we need. So the fact that it's good as well is a bonus, um, yeah. you know. And then it gets a little bit heavy-handed at the start of the next scene, you know, where she jumps on a horse and then she's got these fucking crossroads and which way is she going? Yeah. That's a little bit heavy-handed, but they get away with it. It's fine. It yeah, works. they do. I think because of what it comes on the back of, I think it's you, you're just about distracted enough by the upbeat scene we've just had. To yeah. not really be dragged down by it. I did like the end of the previous scene as well, where she said, she says, oh, no, no, take care of yourself, I'll, play. Like, oh, I'll be fine, I'm a survivor like you. And I'm thinking, is he going to be dead no, in the next not. five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, if, if an arrow doesn't get him, a fucking coronary will. But yeah. I'm like, I, 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 I can't remember what happens to Hot Pie, I've got to be honest. But it was one of those, I'm thinking, as soon as you say that, that's like saying, I'll be right back in a fucking horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the nice little sections. I say for me, it's the turning yeah, point because this is this is very much uh, an episode of two halves, and that that's the turning point for me. Um, I've got a couple of problems with this next scene with John. Um, first and foremost, nothing wrong with the scene itself. Uh, I think you know, again, it's a scene that's. I mean, it's needed, even though we've had it again several fucking times before. But whatever it's the fact that we are constantly cutting away from john whilst he's he's got the floor like yeah. we we need to stay with him we we like we shouldn't be cutting away to you know, to randos you know like if if we're going to do this we need to cut to enemies not randos and liana and davos and but this is the who problem, just listening the, to him at the moment you know? he hasn't he hasn't got any enemies in the north that's the problem he no, doesn't it, have that conflict he hasn't got some no apart from littlefinger who isn't really in, in conflict with him more than he's trying to manipulate sansa 
there's nobody there who's thinking, right, while he's away, I can make a play. There's no Theon going, right, okay, well, Rob's away. I can take Winterfell for myself and prove myself to my father. There's nothing there like that. They're all they're all 100% in agreement that actually shit's going to go down and we need you know, we need the King of the North here. But there's nobody going, well, fucking hell, no, this is Game of Thrones and I can I can do myself some good here. We just haven't got that. So the threat isn't there. No, and it's not. Because of and, that, there's nothing challenging him. No, and, and they don't imply it either even by, you know, you could establish that in this scene by using yeah. these kind of ways. You could establish that and, and deal with it even in the course of the scene. But he def- if you're going to do this, if you're going to cut away from John, you don't cut away to people who are going to agree with... Like, yeah, the intent is that everybody's looking a bit shifty. Like, oh, I don't know if I agree with him. Yeah. But this isn't the place for that. It, like, he's commanding the floor here. We need to stay with him. Um, yeah. it, it just... The scene doesn't work for me at all. However, as always, he is absolutely fucking great. Like yes. Kit Harrington is fucking brilliant at this stuff. He really is. Like he's he does have a commanding presence. Yes. Um, you know, and you know, we we've said it several times, and it came through in his performance very early on. You know, but he says out loud, you know, I didn't want this, yeah. but I took it. I yeah. have to do this. This isn't what I want. You know, and that and that just comes through in his performance every week. Um, you know, he's really really good. Um. Having said all of that, you know, he obviously makes the decision to go. Leaving Sansa in charge makes perfect sense for her yeah. story. And it it just feels natural and right that she should be Queen of the North. It makes perfect sense to do that. This, this is the, I think, only instance of us seeing them move pieces around the board where you go, yeah, right, that makes sense. Yeah. And the thing is, it, 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 even, it, it tracks even with what they've done since they took Winterfell. We've only talking three episodes at this point since they, since they got rid of the Boltons. Um, but no, they they very much set them up that they're this team. It's not he, they're not. It's, he's not a king. She's not a queen. It's like they're running it like a fucking government, effectively. So, and, yeah. and, and to a point where he's like, okay, well, I I need to go somewhere else. I need to go to fucking Brussels to do some work. So I'm leaving the deputy PM in charge. You know, it's, yeah. it's that sort of thing. It's like no, we're running we're running it together. So who, no, whose name's above the door doesn't fucking matter. Um, and, yeah. and that's that was the only gripe I had with this scene is that she appears as fucking taken aback as everybody else when he says, "Well, yeah, I'm just leaving you in charge because we've seen no, we've seen this dynamic since they since they were reunited effectively." Um, and I think that that's not it's, it's probably the only thing, and it's it's very subtle and it it didn't annoy me that much, mainly because then Littlefinger started twirling his fucking mustache in in the next frame, in the next shot. But I was like, well, she shouldn't have been surprised by that because you know surely she recognizes the fact that he you know. He doesn't believe he can do it without her. He doesn't for the fact that they they've all bent the knee and said, "I'm calling King of the North." He still doesn't believe he's that. He's still that bastard who doesn't deserve anything. And so, as as far as he's concerned, no, Sansa is a far better ruler than him anyway. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to her when he says, "Well, yeah, you're going to fucking do it." I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right, but I also think there is uh, an an economy of storytelling needed here, and that requires at least another scene. Uh, and it yeah. probably needed seed in last week as well, which they made some attempts at, but didn't really hammer home. Yeah. So I think I think this is just a case of, for economy's sake, you play it that way, and like I said, it's fine. It works. Uh, it works. Just it, yeah, pick it up and run with the ball. Yeah, it, it's, it works. It's fine. It's just one of those. I just thought that it didn't quite track the way I'd expected it to. Yeah, I, I, I get don't know that. why after fucking sixty-two episodes, I'm surprised by that. I was going to say, I, I I get that, I get where you're coming from, but I didn't bump up against it just because you know what's what's here does work, I think, and it it is a case of in order to get that uh, from them, in order to get that unified front, we need a lot more work going into this scene, which yes, you know <laughs> they they haven't got time for because they've wasted so much time everywhere else, and, and so, they've chopped three episodes off the season. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get the showdown with John and Littlefinger in the crypt, which is just wonderful. Um, John, yeah. again, it's John, you know, Kit Harrington, you're just saying so much with very few words. Just yeah. again, John's character absolutely shining through here. Like, look, you may think I'm stupid, but I'm not. I know exactly who you are. I am not my father, and I will fucking end you yeah. if you go anywhere near my sister. And yeah. it comes and through with saying next to nothing. It does. The, the whole thing is, oh, we, we've never talked to you and I, so I've got fuck all to say to you. Yeah. And he, turn, he turns it back and goes to walk away. And so, and, and then obviously it takes a little thing goading him about cat and all the rest. And he's like, he just doesn't rise to it at all. And again, this is. This is John's evolution as a character because when we you know when we started the show and even coming through to end of the Battle of the Bastards where he's pummeling Ramsay, 
he has got that streak, which is very easily fucking baited. Yeah. But he's, no, he's learning things. No, there, are, there are more important things to worry about than some fucking mustachioed twat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's really good. Um, the <laughs> Him actually riding out of Winterfell, though, and just looking up to Sansa, and they're like, bye then. Yeah, let's go away for enough, seriously. Yeah, bye then. It, you know, it's probably the most awkward goodbye since yeah, it's like him, and, him and Rob's throw house. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, it really is, it is. Like, oh, yeah, see, see you later. Bye. Yeah, it's got all, it's got all the way, you know, because of the significance to the story, in fact, he ain't going to be back for a while. We, I mean, we know that from, from hindsight, but... This is going to take a while, but it's like he's nipping down to fucking Aldi's for a pint of milk. It, it really is, isn't it? It's just like, look, drive safe. All right. Yeah. See you. You know, bye. <laughs> oh, while you're out, uh, I want a Cornetto. You know, it's like... It's fucking... <laughs> it is. It really is. It, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, fine. All right. Off he goes. Um then we get this campfire scene, which is I, I remember it from the first yes. watch through as well. Oh, it's just it's so good. It's so good. Like the the, the tension. It works and, really well. The so the, the quick cuts and the you know, this so the um the, the, the wind and all it works really well. It's it's the wind, it's the frosty breath as well, which we yeah. have now been conditioned in this show to know what that means. Yeah. You know, and, and it even got me this time as well, even knowing what was coming, I was like it just feels like whites are going are going to yeah. arrive. We we understand Death we have coming. the we have the visual language for this in the show. We know yeah. that this is what happens. You get cold, the wind picks up, snow starts blowing, the fr- your breath starts getting frosty. We get all of that. So it's a great great fake out. We know yeah, exactly it's what it's a really signifies. nice it's a really nice double bluff because we as I said we're conditioned to expect it and we we, we know it's cold. She's in the snow anyway, we know, we know she's gone north. Um so you get the breath, you get the wind. And it's this whole no, it's this whole language of death is coming, but mm. then it's it's an entirely different death. It's a pack of fucking wolves which are going to rip her limb from limb from limb. As, oh. And again, and again, you get the fake out of there are oh you're like oh fuck it's wolves, and then oh fuck it's Namiria. Yeah, <laughs> I, like again, just amazing. It, it feels like all of a sudden this is their episode. They're like, hey, do you remember this one? Do you remember yeah. this one? Do you remember all of these characters? Here they are. And yeah. we've been with the show long enough now that it's just like. Oh fuck! It's Namiria, and that's that's kind of enough. You just go, all right, yeah, I'm happy to see her. Always happy to see the wolves. It's great to know what actually happened to her. Yeah. she kind of vanished. Well, yeah, uh, she, she looked, set her free, didn't she? Because the uh, yeah. she, she attacked Joffrey. Yeah, looks mean as fuck. Yeah, um, fucking huge and huge, and it's just a great, great, great. Pe- and and we have to credit this to them because remember they're in front of the books now. Just. Great fucking storytelling, like it, re- and it's very rare that we get to say that. Yes, about about this show, but it really is great storytelling. You know, the synergy of you know one lone wolf has kind of finally found her pack now, and she's the leader, and she's risen to power, and everybody's following, her and she's found her place. She belongs. Yeah, and just as the other thing, lone you know, wolf is off in search of hers, I is yeah. going home to find her place. Yeah. And then the whole thing of "Well, come with me," and it'll be like it was before, and you know, and. Um, the the light oh that no when she leaves oh that's not you that's and, not that's, you that's, that's yeah. what she said to Ned is no one said oh you you'll you'll marry a lord and live in a castle and have lots of babies yep. oh, that's not me and it's no it's kind of like she's realizing that actually it wouldn't be fair to try and take her home and then to try and reintroduce her to a life that she does that she never really had and no it's 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 kind of a nice mirror for Arya actually um, which as you said exactly because what they don't is. fucking they don't get away with this stuff very often they don't do it right but here it works really really well I think probably because it's such a a short and innocuous scene in terms of the overall story, mm. it does fuck all. But it's just a, a really nice character beat for, it's a, for Arya. It's, it's a fucking flawless character beat. Probably, no, probably, I think this is the best character beat in the show. Like, this yeah. is this Quite is probably, yeah. grade A writing here. And as you say, even right back, I've, I've actually given it its own line in my notes. I've just written one one line, that's not you. Like, yeah, it, the callback to her and Ned and also the synergy of it's not you and, and her going home to defend her home now yeah. you know not going after Cersei like it, that's not you 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 have to do what's right you're not a fucking murderous fucking assassin or anything like you are I a fucking Stark yeah that's and, and it's and it's all there and it's all writ large on her face just yeah. it's such a good scene and it's so like you say so short and it, you know these scenes don't have to be fucking 10 minutes long as we were saying at the start, yeah. to get all this information over to us, you could do it again. Show, don't tell. Namiri yeah. is the perfect character to bring back to do this. 
yeah. and, and to show that she's got a pack now and a family and she's protecting her family. It's just everything, everything that Arya is doing, Namiria is doing. And the wolves right back at the start were used like that as well. Yes. They were all had their own elements of character that bled into the Stark child that they belong to. And they bring all of that back together. Yeah. Um, Excellent, beautiful and, so, yeah. and and I mean it's it's a beautiful scene as well. I was you know, shot, you know, shot in the snow. It's very crisp. It's very clear. There's lots of contrast in it. It just works really, really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really good. Um, and then over we go into the kind of grand finale set piece. Um, yes. Start off with the sand snakes. Fucking sands. It's always a good time when we get the sand snakes. Set it for say yeah. again. Fucking love them to bits. Um, yeah. Can I have some shit to talk about with this uh, with this sequence though? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but like to start with as well, then where you got Theon um, sort of just getting up and starting to leave as the girls start flirting with each other as well. Just yeah. really, really, really good stuff. Um, and then you know as he's going, she kind of gives this kind of smirk, and, and it just yeah, really, yeah. really nice tension. It, it is, and I mean the, the whole thing of where it's like we've. It's quite ironic, obviously. You know, she's talking about Theon being, and Theon will be her protector. Well, very clearly, she's protecting him all along. So, don't talk to him like that. He's not your slave. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so, she's, you know, she's very much trying to trying to build him up like, like a parent would with a child. It's like, you know, he's awkward. He's shy. He doesn't really know where he is or what his place is. But he's not yours to take advantage of. And yeah. you know, she she's protecting him while all the while going, well, he'll be my protector, my advisor, all this sort of stuff. And you don't buy it for a second because actually, he, that's not who he is at the moment. He's still fucking traumatized eunuch yeah I, I like to say him him getting up and leaving you when you think back to season one theon who would fuck anything that moves yes you know it, it does a lot again does a lot for his character without having to say much him just getting walking away and then yeah yara's fucking kind of smirk and a shrug that she does just this yes. kind of shit he didn't like Meh. yes like, well you know, do what you gotta what, do but I'm, I'm doing this yeah like what, what do you want me to do uh having said all of that they piss it all away with that foreign invasion line which yes. is just absolutely horrible. That's yeah, that's some that's, proper fucking Trump MAGA shit, isn't it? Yeah, how does the same how does the same writer do that and all that shit with the Miria? Like how know, how does really that come from the same fucking pen? Well this Jesus. is it, and this is I mean we've said this before, that this is one of the things that's probably bugged us most in ninety percent of the shows we've done on, on, on Game of Thrones, is that for every bit of absolute fucking genius, there are five of these. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's and it's just so frustrating because you know they can do it. And it, whether it's the Wonder Twins, whether it's Brian Cogman, whether, you know, we've got so many different writers and they've done some absolutely marvellous things, but they've also done some absolute dog shit. And, and you know, do you know what would have been better than that line? Syphilis. Nothing. You don't Because you don't fucking need it. No. Like, just not a damn nothing. thing. At this point, we've already... not say anything. No, and we've already seen that she's not going to go to Theon. We know that. And that's what the whole thing is yeah. about. Yeah. It's about goading him into, into some form of action. And at which point he leaves. So we don't need it anyway. But I say, fucking AIDS would be better than that line. Yeah, you just don't fucking need it. You don't need it. Um, But nevertheless, you know, we, we get it on, we go. And what a... Just the shot of Euron's ship just emerging out of the inky yeah. black. Oh, just gorgeous! Absolutely, it like it, this whole invasion scene, this it, it, this this fight is just it's beautiful it, to look it at. Is. It's the, absolutely the stunning. Of it is brilliant. I mean, it's again we've talked about how, how fucking dull this episode is. All of a sudden, you no, know, this, this scene is turned up to eleven. It's you know, the, totally. the, the the quick cuts, the you know, the the very stark contrast in in the flames and the and the, you know, the people in shadows. All this stuff really works really well. Um, unfortunately, this is the particular sequence where they nearly kill two of the fucking cast. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I did have that in the back of my mind as I was watching. Yeah, it. I was watching for it because there was the bit where the decking collapsed, mm -hmm. and so then they they stacked it back up and it collapsed again, and somebody fell through it and nearly fucking and you know, nearly bought the farm. And then they actually fucking legit hanged the girl. Yeah. As I like, seriously fucking out. No, for all no, for as good as it looks on screen with the quick cuts, the movements, all that. No, okay, you were on being a bit of fucking panto villainy with the snarling and all the rest of it. That's a bit much, I think. But it looks absolutely amazing. But then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, hang on, isn't this the bit where that happened? It, yeah. Hang on, is that where she fell? Is that the bit where the floor went? Is that the bit where the explosion nearly deafened somebody? Is that the bit where they fucking no? And you obviously you can see the bit where, where she's actually fucking hanging from the front of the boat. So like, hang on. I can't enjoy this scene because I know how much fucking difficult, how difficult it was for the people who had to make it 
internal difficult having a difficult task in your job is fine that's something we all deal with on a regular basis being almost fucking killed because of somebody else's incompetence and having it called art is just fucking ludicrous it's you know, and it's it's one of the things that, i mean when we when we did, read the book we did that episode back in november i think it was that was one of the things that really bugged me is that the, the fucking complete laissez-faire attitude towards anybody's safety in you know, productivity is more important we've got to get the episode out. we've got to do this and you think you nearly fucking killed two of your cast you nearly had a fucking dwarf thrown off a cliff by a horse at one point. You can't do that shit. You you absolutely cannot. It was running through my mind as well. Um, however, and I'm not defending them. Um, however, that is that is information that we have because yes. we've done some research. Uh, you know, the yeah. majority of uh, the audience is not going to have that information, and yeah. to to meet this at face value. It is just awesome. It, it is absolutely. That's, that's awesome. the problem I have with it is that, given the fact that we have we have done no, we we have this information that certainly we didn't have the first time around, and given what we both do for a fucking living as well, it's very well, that, difficult. The distance that certainly that well. doesn't help. Yeah, um, that, but so, I mean, but we also we we have to sort of oh yeah, you've got to disengage from in that. Of fairness, to. yeah, in the interest of fairness, I think we have to disengage from our personal baggage with yeah, that. Absolutely, you know? and as I said, this it's. It, be, it was very difficult to become detached from that, you know, knowing the circumstances. But as you said, looking at it, it's fucking beautiful. It's shot really well. It's pay, it's it's cut really well, so the pacing is really good. The character work with Theon is pretty good as well, um, apart from that really fucking dodgy tick in his right eye. Um, you know, it, it works really well. And, and again, Euron's reaction when Theon jumps overboard, he just starts pissing himself. It's it's very true to character. And you're at, you're at that point where you think, actually, you know what? This is a really good scene. Just comes far too late in an episode to salvage the episode, as far as I'm concerned, and then you add the baggage to it as well. And you just think, Oh, fucking hell, can I just move on to next week now? Uh, I mean, yeah, it is. As I say, this is an episode of two halves. Um, this I, I wouldn't say this saves the episode, but it certainly ended strong, you know, with the scene with Arya and this, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it does it definitely picked me up towards the end. Um, it, the, the biggest credit that like you, you really can't give this scene is that you know. When Euron first shows up, I thought it first time and I thought it this time as well. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, this guy again. He he is fucking awful, okay? And I, when he first shows up, I don't buy him for a second. Like, no. he he, does, he has the numbers for this fight, but he doesn't have the skill. Like, there is absolutely no way on earth he should be able to best the snakes and Yara and Theon. And they're yeah. like, right, he just shouldn't, right? The sand snakes alone should be able to take him out. Yes. Okay, but for the fact he's he's just fucking essentially fearless because he's a fucking pirate. Yeah. Um, but as I said when he first showed up, what he should be and what he's designed to be for this show is the villain for this particular story. Yes. And by the end of this fight, he absolutely 100% has me convinced that he is that and does it yeah. very well. Yes. Because by does. the end of this fight, you're all like, go on, Theon, just fucking, just do him. Just do him, yeah. Theon. You need to fucking sort him out right yeah. now. And so... We feel it this time when Theon goes full fucking reek and chickens out. And as you say, it's good character work for him because they get us there. Yeah. Like they they get us there in this scene because he is their villain, you know. And so when when we get we get a close up of Theon then, and you see the embers just dancing behind him and stuff. Yeah. You know, and then the screams start echoing through in the background, and it's it's everything. It's sensory overload for him. And he's yeah. taking it back, and all of a sudden, it's 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 like he's got he's like he's shell shocked essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and they get us there, so I buy it when he jumps overboard. They, I, 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 I really, I, I thought that really worked. The only bit I didn't like with it was that fucking forced twitch in his right eye. Yeah, where he's um, you know, he's putting on, he's affecting that tick, and I think he doesn't need that. You can you can overwhelm his senses. You you, you dial up the noise a bit. You, you know, you, you you go in that much closer on him. There are ways you can portray that without having to having add him to to affect his tick. Because I think uh, it's it a little bit. I don't. It, it does it does cheapen it, but that is actually uh, a, a motif of Reek. I don't know if you've maybe not picked up on that before, but Reek does that. Whereas not Theon doesn't. So, I mean, there's a little, there's there's always a little movement. It's always right. I, I have I have spotted that. It's never that pronounced though. And given, I mean, given some of the, yeah. fact, especially given the fact that he had no, he had to watch Ramsey fucking Sansa eight ways from Sunday on their wedding on their wedding night, and he had to sit there and deal with that. That surely that's more fucking horrific than battles which he's been in many of for many years. I thought I just thought it, it, I thought it looked over the top, which again for this Maybe, show, I'm yeah. Surprised, but. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I can give you maybe it's over the top, but I didn't, I, I don't think I bumped up against it as much as you, just because, as I say, that is something that 
we kind of associate with with we, we do, but it's it's such a it's such an overused trope as well that um, and you get it um especially lots of animated stuff you no know, you have like a fucking ticking clock that's annoying somebody and their 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 lower eyelid will be t- jumping in time to it because that's how they want to portray that they're angry or scared or whatever it's going to be and they just it's it's such a it's so fucking tropey by now it just always winds me up when I see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's baggage that that you've got with it. Then I think Possibly. again, what we, I think I, I think again in the dress fairness, we need to kind of distance it from from that use of it here, in, in that it has been established that this is a a thing that Reek has, and that's very clearly what they're reaching for. Which, yes, they might have overreached, and yes, it might be over dramatized, but I think they affect that very well. As I say, they they get us there, and that is just the nail in the coffin of like, no, he's not he's not Theon right here now. You know there is there is duality going on and actually reeks winning here. Um, so yeah, it it got me there. This, this scene, it, it it did everything it needed to do. Yes, you, you're right. Maybe that was a bit too much. Maybe and that comes down to the performance, or maybe it comes down to the fact that we're in super fucking close. Possibly. Um, um, and, and you know when you're when you're in that close, your performance needs to come down to reflect that instead of pitching to the store, which is what he does. So. You know, maybe it's maybe it's direction rather than performance. Maybe, um, maybe. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's just what I say. It's one of those annoying me. And again, I think this is. I mean, we've talked about this so many times as well. But with 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 Reek and and that construct that this is this is far better working deconstructing Theon and building Reek than we ever got with Ramsay. Oh, it's, it's absolutely. This, 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 this is the best it's ever been. Yeah. Yes, you get it straight away, and they get you there so quickly as well. Yeah. You know, and and this is kind of. This is all we needed, you know. A couple of a couple of instances like this earlier on, yeah. and we totally buy it, you know. Like, all right, we we this... never saw Theon's deconstruction, and that was always our problem with it. We, we've called that many times. And here, actually, you've got, and okay, you, you could argue that he wouldn't be in this position had it not been for the whole week thing, anyway. But the fact that you've got somebody calling him out on the, you know, he's been emasculated. He's been, you know, he's less of a man. He's no, he's. He's not even a man. He's he's a, he's reek. He's some sort of fucking rodent or whatever he's supposed to know, wherever these Ramsey's convinced he is. And you've got somebody telling to man up, and that's no, that's very powerful. But again, it's very difficult to see how that's been done. But because because it's this this sequence is what fifteen seconds, maybe twenty. Yeah. That with no, with with Rion, uh, with um, Theon. I'm fucking name wrong. Um, with um, Theon, no, staring down Euron and Yara. And you get more in that 15 seconds than we had in four fucking years of Reek, or three years of Reek. Yeah, now, I, you, you did touch on something there, you know, we do have to acknowledge that actually, you know, this this works as well because we have the baggage of three or four years of Reek. Whether we knew how he got there or not, we understand who Reek is. Yes. So we have the baggage of that. But, you know, if you just park that for one second and take this, even if you take this as a genesis of Reek, there is enough here yeah. to see, because, you know, it's... It started way back down below decks where Yara's piling the pressure on saying, he's my protector. He's going to protect me. Yeah. He's my little... Br-. You know, it's a, he's already on edge and he's already feeling emasculated because the two of them are, are starting to tease him a little bit. So he's already got all of this stuff swirling around in his brain. And all of a sudden, here comes fucking leather-clad fucking Jack Sparrow wannabe just fucking... just acting like some sort of pirate fucking Viking rock star and just slaughtering his entire crew. Like, it, it gets us there just on that. The yes. the extra baggage that we have where, you know, we know who Reek is just helps when he jumps overboard. Like, this this works without all of that. It's just that is the icing on the cake, I think. Um, and and, and that's, that's how I feel about this, you know. Like, yes, there's definitely an element of we need to know his past to totally understand oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But Euron's done enough in this scene to push enough buttons with him to have him jump overboard. And as I say, that's why I've, I've always felt like Euron is, I think he's actually a really good villain for them. He's yeah. a terrible one for, for the, the whole show. fucking show. Although yeah. he, he, terrible. He, he does call Theon a cockless cunt, so I thought that was quite useful. He's, for Theon and Yara, he's great. If, if this was their story now to the end, and then, you know, yeah. one way or the other, I, I guess the way you wrap that up is to have them eventually take the Iron Fleet and join whichever side they're going to join, probably yeah. Danny. Um, then that would have worked really fucking well. Yeah. But that's not what we get, unfortunately. No, it's not. And I think that's, I mean, again, I don't know if Euron has been uh, seeded in the books as written thus far. I don't know whether it was something that George R. R. Martin gave the, gave the one to and sort of this is, no, this is kind of where this bit is going or whether it's an entirely new construct. I don't know, but it almost feels like, as we've talked about before, 
they don't really know what to do with him. It's like we need a villain because we had Tywin and we had Joffrey and we had Ramsay and now we've got none of them. We need something to hang on because we can't hang the fucking show on the whites because that would be too obvious. Now, given given them that given that they're they're the actual fucking threat, we can't make the show about them. So we need somebody new to hang it on. But it's like it's almost like it's gone right. Well, Joffrey was no, Joffrey was a sniveling little twat who was very cruel and very mean. Tywin was very calculating and very methodical. Ramsay was a sadistic little fucker. What can we do that's different? And it's almost like bringing out a new heel. So in you know with with, you know, with uh, in, in wrestling on right, we've got these characters. We need a new one who's just going to really fucking wind people up. What can we do next? And this is what they came up with. Yeah, they they just literally forced him into the fucking story, haven't they? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but you know, all of that aside, um, I think this is a fucking amazing scene, just full of action. Great, great character work. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it, I think it's up there with the best action scenes in the show. To be fair, I think it's fucking. I mean, it's epic. it's it's quite difficult because I mean, um, it's Mark. Uh, is it Mark McLeod? Mark Mylos, who directed it, um, directed quite a few episodes as well. And it's you no, know, it's it, the problem you have with action scenes in this as a, as a franchise is that they're all so different. It's very difficult to put a stamp on and say, right, that's a Game of Thrones. That's no, that's this, that's that. Because actually, you've got you know, Blackwater is entirely different to this. Battle of the is entirely different to this. When we get to Bells and The Long Night, or whatever it's called in season eight, they're completely different. The style is so completely different again. It's very difficult to put your finger on what on what you're getting. So what yeah. it is is really good. But then if you're looking at it, again, from in terms of motifs and themes and styles... This isn't Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones doesn't have a definite style when it comes to action. Um, yeah, you're right. It's you can't put your stamp on it, I don't think. But I think it's still, you know, you can hold them up against each other and say this one's better than that one or that one's better than that one. But so much of that might come down to your own personal preference as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I, I think just stylistically, if nothing else, this is one of the best looking action scenes that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you think back to Blackwater as an example, um, they that looked very good, but they were all very long, very sweeping cuts. For, no, the shots were the shots last. No, the duration of them was long. I'm not saying they were long shots because that's different, different parlance, but no, it looked a very it looked a certain way. And then yeah. Battle of the Bastards was the same as well. It was all very close, very tight. But again, you lingered on people, so you tend to have these shots of John where you know you just about catching the top of his shoulder and the top of his head. But then you stay on him for you know, 10, 15 seconds while he's hacking the fuck out of people. This is very much, you're in quite close, you're, you're in sort of you know, mid-close, but you're literally cutting every three, four seconds. We're, you know, cutting on the screams, cutting on the fucking you know, sw- you know, the swing of an axe, wherever it might be, just to move to the next bit and jump around it. So it's it's a very good action sequence. It just it's, 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 again, talking about baggage from previous episodes, it's quite jarring when you think, hang on, that's not how this show, sh- this show does action. So it's just quite no. difficult to reconcile, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it belongs on a fucking high seas pirates adventure, but that's yeah. that's what this storyline is at the moment. So it's it's exactly what it needs to be, and I think Blackwater is probably its closest comparison, yeah. um, just because of the elements of that that are sea battle. But yeah, I I fucking love it, and I think perhaps it is because it's slightly different to what we have had. You know, the last battle we had, yeah, Battle of the Bastards was was a large scale armies rushing at each other. And, you know, before that we've had sort of um sieges and and things like that. Whereas this is just full on fucking pirates going at each other, boarding in close just carnage. And it's it does feel a bit different. And maybe that's why it feels a little bit more exciting. So Yeah maybe. I love it. Um, I kind of, as I said, I kind of call this an episode of two halves. I distant that, distanced that back half from the first because I was bored as fuck for the first half an hour, uh, and then the last half hour is is fucking great, pretty much. You know, yeah. it, everything from a couple of a couple of small issues um, with with John in Winterfell, as I say, which I I called out. You know, more stylistic things than anything. Yeah. Um, but other than that. That whole back half, I think, is fucking really solid stuff. Yeah, so, it is. You know, no, I, no, uh, I mean, I, for me, there were bits in it I didn't. Uh, there were bits in it that I didn't take, but I think you're right. That's probably because there's baggage associated with them. But yeah, I mean, we've talked about this so many times when the Wonder Twins have written episodes where, like, you get scenes of two halves, you get episodes of two halves. I don't understand this one because it's a single writer. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird, and it's and it's so overwritten at the start, yeah. and then towards the end. 
everything just seems to click in the place and it and it starts to flow and and the scenes yeah, are sat and yeah it's really really weird it, it feels feels like two totally different episodes it really yeah. does yeah it does um, um which, which so, leaves me with it you know sort of scoring it somewhere resolutely in the middle of the pack you know it's, yeah it's just, despite you know there are really really excellent things but really really poor things so it kind of evens out and ends up at a kind of five and a half six out of ten maybe yeah know? so that's probably fair um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see next week. I mean, the Wonder Twins are back on writing, but it's the same director, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, onwards and upwards, I guess. Um, yeah, hopefully. Um, but I say, I mean, and we, um, yeah, it, you know, it's, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's a middling episode. It's, no, it's, it's not spectacular. It's not awful. It's just kind of confused, I guess. It's kind of muddled. It doesn't really know where it sits. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as always, if people have thoughts on that, if you disagree with us, please let us know um, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can also go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can get our previous episodes and our other shows as well. On Facebook and YouTube, we're the Double Down Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music. Like, share, subscribe, leave a message, and we get back to you as best we can. But until next time, game over. <laughs>